Requiem of the Outcast Version 4. Episode 3. Interview with cast and creators of 99 Acre Woods. Your heroes return after a long battle. They have abandoned their chaste ways, and so Roto is no longer safe for work. Expect adult content and material. Let's face it. Some jokes don't work unless you use the word fuck. It's a scientific fact. Hey guys, Rich Sigfrit, and I am here with uh, two gentlemen. They are the creators of 99 Acre Woods, which of course is an online series. It's a puppet show, but it's not for the kiddies. And in- introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the show. Okay, I'm Jay Tyson. I'm one of the primary puppeteers. I'm Chase LaPointe. I'm a secondary puppeteer and writer for 99 Acres. The show is basically a, about a dilapidated national forest. It's just like a run-of-the-mill you know, prison, more or less, for <laughs> animals that have made enough of a a problem of themselves of the other national forests that they get stuck in this dump of a place. You know, it's just, it's trashed. It used to be 100 acres, but one of the acres was blown up, so now it's 99 acres. <laughs> uh, clearly, we're making fun of a lot of things, from Winnie the Pooh to, you know, just about everything. Star Wars, we do a lot of pop culture, that kind of stuff. And it kind of centers around these main, the main three characters, which is a bear, a beaver, and a rabbit. So now, how long have you guys been doing the, doing the series? Well, 99 Acres, we've only been doing, what, about a year and a half now, I about think? About a year, yeah. We kind of experimented with it originally the first year, just trying to come up with ideas on what the show was really going to be about, what kind of content we were going to have on it. So the first year, I think we only produced a couple of episodes. I think we've actually produced more episodes this year than we did the entirety of last year, I think. Wouldn't you say? Yes. The show is, is essentially started out about, about 1999, I, th- I want to say. We, we used to call it Losers, and it was... It was essentially started out as a show about a bunch of characters who lived in a trailer park who were just complete losers. They didn't work, and they didn't do anything, and they were just a mess of, uh, of human beings for that matter. But they were animals, and they were kind of characters that lived in this really just nasty trailer. And we put the thing on hold while we did a couple of short films, like Coffee Impossible and a few things like that. We came back to 99 Acres about a year and a half ago, and said, you know, let's take the loser's concept and turn it into animals. Of course, we went through some generations of ideas, but we eventually came to animals, and we thought that it was very funny um, just to do something that... And we came up with the idea of this national forest, and, of course, in the, the forest ranger was actually a cop that stopped us. <laughs> Twice he stopped us. Stopped, once he stopped chasing, once he stopped me, where I used to live at. Mm-hmm. And we called him Super Cop, because <clears throat> he had the big aviator sunglasses on, and... <laughs> The time he stopped me, he was the biggest cliche. I mean, I rolled through a stop sign. I mean, I slowed down, and I stopped for probably, if you videotaped it, a fraction of a second, I actually stopped moving forward. But he walked around, and he was parked right beside the stop sign, and he walked around and said, Now, nah, and this is the way he said it, I know you're not just going to roll through that stop sign while I'm standing right here. <laughs> and it was all I could do not to laugh my ass off, because I thought, wow, Nothing like a cliched Southern cop for it to kind of stop you. So I said, "You're in the show." <laughs> so he became he became the forest ranger that uh, we haven't actually introduced yet. We'll be introducing him soon. All my ex girlfriends managed to make it into the show. That's the that's the very funny part. I was going to ask if any of the characters or uh, situations are based on real events. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, there's an episode we're going to be doing soon called Date Night, which is where the bear goes out with his girlfriend, who's a skunk, and they have this ridiculous argument over nothing. It's it's so stupid. It's just I had to tell somebody about it. Uh, it was happened to me and my wife probably about six or seven years ago. <laughs> we went out to dinner one night, and we got to arguing over nothing. 
she was irritated about something, but you couldn't. She couldn't even tell you what it was about now. And it ended as quickly as it began. And I, I kind of went down some different avenues with it with the script, but the basis of it was there. When I showed it to her, she goes, "I do not believe that you." Are making an episode of your show about one of our arguments, and I said it's because it's so stupid. It's it's funny, and of course the ironic thing is that one of my ex girlfriends plays the part of the character's girlfriend in the TV show. So that's <laughs> and there's Patty's for the most the bear is basically just based on me. So anytime I want to write a, a bizarre character or someone that I know of, it's someone that I, I went to school with mm. or. A girl that I dated, I would walk her right into the, slow, into the show. My ex-wife is in it. <laughs> this, this, an episode I just wrote where they're going to see this witch to get a love potion for the beaver. <laughs> and um, they start talking about witches and how witches don't exist. And the bear's like, uh, I promise you the witches exist because I was married. <laughs> he starts talking. About, I'm not going to say it on what her name is here, but I'll say it later. <laughs> And he it's starts talking about the bottom his, of the screen. <laughs> yes, if you can imagine a flashing neon sign with my ex-wife's name, that's what it is. But uh, I work her into the episode, and then she, of course, makes a comeback later as we actually make her into a character um, later on down the line, just so we can just do some really funny stuff. It's a great, it's very therapeutic. Now you mentioned you know some of the the characters and whatnot. Um, let's go over some of the uh, the primary characters, the the heroes okay. of the stories. Not only who they are and which voices the two of you guys do. Okay. Well, right now, I guess the primary the story centers around the three main characters, which is Patty the Bear, who thinks he's the reincarnation of General Patton, but only the Patton played by George C. Scott in the movie. <laughs> and you you can't tell Patty that George C. Scott's an actor. To him, that's that's sacred. Yeah, it's blasphemy, and he will he will beat you to death. <laughs> uh, then you have uh, the main character that Chasen plays, Calvin Braxton, conspiracy bunny. Uh, <laughs> Believes the man is after him, which is funny because he's this glowing white rabbit who thinks the man's after him, and he's based on uh, a, a guy that Chase and I worked with a few years ago. His name was Sean. I'm not going to say his last name in case he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> but he, the way the conspiracy bunny talks, which is a great impersonation that Chase and does of Sean, um, is pretty much dead on. Everybody that hears it that worked with us says, "Oh my God, that sounds like Sean." You know, <laughs> and we go, "Yep." <laughs> So a lot of the characters are based on people we know. There's a character named Brian, who's a crazy chicken weasel. And uh, we had an IT guy na- that worked with us named Brian. The character's not necessarily based on his personality, but uh, we gave him his name. <laughs> yeah, other than they're both clinically insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have the chickens are, I guess as a collective, you would say, uh, are, are a character in themselves. And they're sort of like... I always kind of thought of them as a Borg collective kind of thing, you know, where they're all sort of interwoven and they talk to themselves and and plotting and planning. And they're usually some sort of militant nemesis sort of thing going on with them. And uh, the squirrels are the other two characters. What did you say about the squirrels? Nothing good on Family Safe Podcast. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. We're, we we uh, we go with a PG thirteen. They are filthy little creatures, those guys are. They frequent strip joints and bars, and they smoke cigars and drink brandy and all other kinds of stuff, and they are just filthy creatures. Because you think of them as being, oh, cute little squirrels. No, no, they're not cute little squirrels. There's actually a stripper episode where where Patty has this ability in the, in the TV show to imagine something, and when he imagines it, it sort of appears. Hmm. Like he's thinking of, say, say you got Batman, and then you know you got like, Batman appears, right? And then he's thinking, okay, but what if there's the Predator? And then... And the predator appears, and 
And he goes, and they start fighting, and they're going at it. And then as Patty's describing it, he's sort of imagining what goes happening. It takes place in the foreground when the other guys are watching. Well, at one point, he's trying to explain to the beaver how to use his imagination. And, and Patty's like, oh, okay, let me come up with an idea. And then the rabbit goes, stripper, strippers. And he goes, okay, say you got a stripper. And then the stripper appears. And you see this pole coming up and down. And she's on this pole. She goes, hey, what's going on? I was just in a bar a minute ago. And, and then, of course, the squirrels come out of nowhere. And they're like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and they start talking about their nuts. And she goes, well, let's see them. And, he shows, and they, they show her walnuts. And she goes, well, that's not quite what I had in mind. And, you know, it just gets into some very sort of bizarre stuff. And I would say they're probably the most... Filthy, definitely, you know, creatures that we have in the forest. Now, you mentioned a beaver. Yes. You didn't talk about Bud. About Bud. <laughs> Bud is a uh, cliche in himself. He's <laughs> he's a beaver who shaves himself, so he's a bald beaver. And his, his, uh, <laughs> his reasoning for doing that is it makes him more aerodynamic in the water. You know, I've been trying to convince my girlfriend of the same thing. <laughs> well, I, I told my wife, now, when you take a bath, it's going to be easier for you to slide back and forth in the bathtub because just like the character, it's, you're more aerodynamic. There's no resistance, but I, I, don't, I don't know that that went over as well as I would have liked. But um, the great thing about Bud is because he shaves, everyone thinks he's a woman. Well, there's an episode where Bud shoots himself to rush on a nuclear missile. And he has to go through this whole journey of making his way back. And every character he meets, and it kind of starts with this farmer, a pig farmer in Russia, <laughs> who, who propositions him to go inside and make a movie. <laughs> and then he meets a penguin in Moscow who offers to give him a ride back to America on a plane, but he wants some attention. <laughs> and then he ends up in France where these these French freighter guys want to use him as sell a... Him into sell him into prostitution. <laughs> and, and some of these Just, episodes are based on real life experiences. Correct? Oh yes, absolutely, sure, sure. Yeah, I backpacked across Europe, and <laughs> it was ask a terrible him, experience for ask me. Ask him how he made his pocket money. Yeah. <laughs> I had lots of money in college, but that's what if you're going to do it, do it in college because that's when you experiment. <laughs> the the beaver is probably most of the episodes center around him because he's he's the most innocent of the characters and he's a nice guy the most horrible things happen to him you know he's an inventor so he invents the, the craziest things like we just did a Doctor Who episode mm. called Doctor Who's on first because we like Abbott and Costello and Doctor Who why not mix them together and he invents uh, well you don't really know about it until later but they have a water cooler they hang around because you know everything's so around the water cooler kind of stuff and in the forest water cooler in the middle of the forest okay. yeah Full of scotch. Full of scotch. Yes. <laughs> you know, I could I could buy into the talking animals, but I think you kind of I have to draw the line at the water cooler filled with scotch. Well, you know, the bear is fond of scotch. So. <laughs> that would be expensive. Boone's Farm would make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> My thought is the bear probably bribes somebody to slip them in a case of scotch as they bring in their rations for the park. <laughs> so that's exactly how I could reason that, but. Because, of course, they're trapped in here. It's oh, yeah, like they're a, stuck. A they're, prison society. They're fenced in. Although, you know, the fences are kept up just about as great, as well as the rest of the park. So I, I'm sure a few of them have ways in and out. Mm. There's an episode where the guys come back from Tijuana. And <laughs> <clears throat> there are there are like beads around their necks. And they're, they're half drunk when they come off the bus. And they have this sort of pruning or culling that they do in the forest every, every year. And um, the... The forest ranger who hates them with every passion of his being 
sets up the culling for right about the time that they would be coming back. So everybody else is in hiding, and they're the only ones out to be shot. <laughs> so God. they're trying to make it through the forest to get to one of the safe zones while they're being hunted <laughs> by this Australian guy <laughs> oh, and <no. laughs> one of Patty's ex-girlfriends, <laughs> a, a mountain lion named Carla. <laughs> so... Uh, like he's based really, on a real life experience. Well, part of it is, yeah, he's really, really pissed off at him. You know, so they're like, geez, Patty, what the hell did you do to this broad? You know, like, well, I'm like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put that puppy outside. She's starting to squeal. Okay. Here, baby. You want to go back outside? Squeal, puppy. <laughs> Actually, she probably just wants some human attention, but I guess you wouldn't understand that. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Now, of course, did they sell real feelings where you got yours? <laughs> <clears throat> I hope not. It'd be expensive. Humanity is a crutch. Um, <laughs> so, the 99 Acre Woods is not the only thing that you've done. You've also done several uh, short films. Oh, correct? yeah, yeah. We we start, kind of started out doing short films, and the first one I would say that we, that we really did was Coffee Impossible. Uh, we were coming back from seeing Mission Impossible two, two, so that dates it. And we're in the car. And it was Jason, of course, who comes up with these great one-liners and taglines. And we're in the car. We said, we should do a Mission Impossible with puppets. And Jason said, yeah, they should be going for something ridiculous like coffee. Or I said, they should be going for something ridiculous like coffee. And Jason goes, yeah, coffee impossible. And we go, oh, that's awesome. You know, so <laughs> we started writing it, and we shot it later that year. And uh, we actually won some awards for that one. Some of our total oh, short film awards. Um, and we did several things, because around that same time, we were doing a sketch comedy series on like a local TV network uh, with a couple friends of ours. And it was called The Melting Pot, which is sort of a mix of everything from Monty Python-like sketches to puppetry and CG and that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. And we kind of developed, I think, our style, you know, doing The Melting Pot. And we had some experimentation, did some editing. and So that's kind of where we got started, I would say. And then, of course, the Internet's a great medium to get stuff out there. So Now, are those available online anywhere? They were on YouTube until YouTube changed their policies. Um, about how they have rights to pretty much do what they want to with any of the content mm-hmm. that's put up there. That kind of spooked me, so I took all of our stuff down. Well, of course, now you guys are now available uh, via podcast feed. Right. So have you thought about uh, possibly releasing them or distributing them that way? Yeah, actually, that has come to mind. So uh, I'm thinking of bringing a lot of them back, and I just need to get the episodes back from one of the other guys that, that did it with us and then re-record some of those sketches off that. And Some of them are really quite funny. Some of them are very bizarre. <clears throat> Like the inanimate object Olympics, <laughs> <laughs> just just really just strange things like that. Just uh, and really, how often do you get to eat roadkill? Yes, roadkill was one of them. The girl who only who won't eat won't eat any anything that's alive. She only eats things that have died naturally. So this guy wanders around <laughs> trying to find roadkill meat that was killed naturally, so that he can. Uh, Is a car technically her. natural? I guess you consider it the national, enough, the national order, and, and, you know, the natural order of things, you know, so. You know, I, I've seen Lion King a lot, but I don't remember that being <laughs> one of the steps in the circle, the circle of, life. of life. It was cut out. Squished by a Jeep say. Cherokee. So, I mean, you know. It, hey, oh, watch out for that. Watch out for that truck. I don't see a truck. Circle of life. And a word to our I thought sponsors. his butt stank when he was alive. <laughs> I can see what's happening. <laughs> and so we're to our sponsors, Jeep Cherokee. Don't <laughs> 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 here personally. <laughs> yeah, if only we had a sponsor. If only drift off into Dream World. <laughs> Money. <laughs> now, what <laughs> to is your, do things. Now, what is your guys' experience in puppetry? 
Um, well, Chase, what's yours? Dr. Puppet. <laughs> Which is our, our little films. Uh, I've been a puppeteer since I was in college, actually. I started in college. And... Which, if you ask Jason, was sometime in the uh, turn of the turn of, around the turn of the century. Yeah, did you um, help develop puppet technology? <laughs> nice. So I bet puppet. I bet puppets were really good before you had the talkies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really easy to lip sync. Let's put it that way. Um, <clears throat> never thought they'd catch on. It's a fad. Darn color. <laughs> no, I I'd been doing puppetry for a long time. Did a lot of pilot TV shows. Uh, uh, mainly, I was a builder. I built puppets and built costume characters for a lot of people, and I was doing working on a lot of my own short films and concepts for pilot TV shows. and And I, I got to work on a, a Muppet film, Muppets from Space, and we that was shot down oh, the in bad Wilmington. One. The bad one, yeah, <laughs> the one that everybody remembers so fondly. <laughs> um, it's cool. I really have a lot of behind the scenes footage oh, yeah. of stuff that was hacked right out of the film. That was really quite funny. Whole Barry White number that was really pretty awesome. Um, All the puppeteers drinking and crying. <laughs> yes. God, we're raping everybody's childhood memories of, of Gonzo. It's, it's really, it's really a shame because if you if you add that stuff back in, I think the movie's a lot better. It's kind of like the whole Alien Three hmm. scenario. Alien Three was clearly the worst of all the movies, but if you add that stuff back into the movie, David Fincher actually did a, a fairly decent movie. <laughs> but um, Highlander Two. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> But there is, it's just, it's one of those same sort of scenarios. It was actually fairly clever, but when you hack it up and make it 88 minutes long so that you're a child audience, yeah. it just, it takes a lot out of it. But, actually, you know. I just noticed a lot of similarities between Highlander 2 and Muppets in Space. You're taking a beloved <laughs> character, and you're saying that he's coming from some space Sci-fi. planet. I know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people would talk to me about it. They said they felt like they copped out with making him an alien. You know, that it was sort of a cop out. A lot Twice, of people used to think he was a turkey. Twice now, Dave Tyson's had to refund ticket prices to people <laughs> on the streets. <clears throat> awesome. So, and of course, you build the puppets. Now, you do mm-hmm. you sell them? I mean, do I, people off the street can they uh, contact you and if I'm they want to? Glad you've asked. <laughs> That's what we call a softball. <laughs> See, children, when you hear the gushing sound, it's not really water. It's my pen going through Chasen's throat, piercing his jugular as it's spraying across the microphone. Um, Kill no, Bill, the audio version. <laughs> I have sword is sharp. Ow! <laughs> Ow! Quit it. I have Doctor Puppet, which is a, sort of an online site that I use to build puppets and costumes for people. Um, I don't do a whole lot of stuff. I, I take interesting looking care, interesting designs. You know, somebody comes to me and says, you know, hey, I've got this design for a character, but you know, I've really never been able to get it made because it costs so much. You know, I do it in my in my spare time and my free time, so it's something where I'm a little more cost effective than somebody who does it for a living and needs to pay their bills and their overhead with it so um, that's kind of a something that I do for a lot of people and of course I build all our own, all our puppets as well so <clears throat> occasionally I'll sell things on eBay and I should wait for a moment while they're you guys get a snack and go help back us and and Jay door. keeps us locked in a cage yes you can get a snack okay while he's distracted with the kids just please send help quick what's what's the address here <laughs> It's it's one three nine East Main. Wait, wait, he's coming, he's coming. We'll, we'll, we'll talk later. Bird Lane. <laughs> Those aren't children. Those are the other puppeteers. He never lets them out. It's feeding time right now. Here, here. Oh. <laughs> That's the last one. 
have some, have some chips. He's feeding his children computer chips, hoping that they'll become bionic. <laughs> when they run, they go na 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 na. Also, when he plays golf, he makes the same sound. <laughs> I remember what I was at, talking about last time. Right? You're talking about being able to do everything cost effective. Oh, oh, about what? <laughs> referring to like blah blah prostitution. blah 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 trip through Europe. <clears throat> oh, oh, oh. So really, basically, you know, somebody can come to me with a design for a character and say, look, you know, I, I really want this cockroach made into a puppet. I've been sketching him since I was a kid, but every other person I ask would cost a lot of money, and I use the same materials and the same designs. I just, it might take me a little bit longer because I'm working through weekends and, you know, some nights after work and that kind of stuff, so. But eventually I'll, I hope to do Dr. Puppet full-time. And we, we kind of, we created Dr. Puppet to fund our film projects, you know, because some of the money from that we can use to get extra materials and, and different things of those natures, like the microphones and, and whatnot. I think we got the microphone with Dr. Puppet, and you bought this, I think, the adapter. But same sort of stuff. Eventually, one day, maybe it'll actually be cost-effective enough to buy a camera. <laughs> As it stands now, he spends all our profit on whores. <laughs> well, it's gotten so damn pricey, the cost of inflation has just gone through the roof. Well, you I mean, know. you should be able to get a good prostitute for 100 150 bucks, And she had most of her teeth. But now, you've got to pay almost a freaking grand just to get a decent one that doesn't have some wart or some growth on her hip. I don't like holding on to those things because they get slimy, and then when they rupture, just stuff goes everywhere. I don't need that. I don't need that much stress when I'm just supposed to get off a little bit. Mom always said hookers were like a box of chocolates. The more you pay, the better the gain. <laughs> Well, guys, um, I like cream filling, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, anyway, anyway, guys, I appreciate you coming out and talking to us. Of course, uh, please plug the website. Where can people find more content? 99acrewoods.com. 99 and then acrewoods.com. And, of course, for Oh, for uh, Dr. Puppets? Puppet, it's www.drpuppet.com. And I have a portfolio website for jtyson.com. It's just J-A-Y-T-Y-S-O-N.com. I do CG work for people sometimes from that site. So. And those, of course, will all be in the show notes available at requiemoftheoutcast.com. Jason, you want to actually say something now? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> now that Jason has left the building, <clears throat> let's tell you what we really think of him. <laughs> what a schmuck. He's a kanikagadoink. As for you Jewish listeners, I have no idea what it means, but it's almost something like... They said that Mike Myers said on Saturday Night <laughs> It's something close to almost like what Mike Myers would do. But not at all. Yes, it was almost funny. Yes, that's right. 